Good morning, and welcome to Prayers for Your Day. This is Danita, and today is Tuesday. I'm sorry, today is Wednesday, April the 30th, 2022. As always, I give thanks to God for you, for what he is doing in your life and in the lives of your loved ones, the people, places, and things that he has divinely connected you and I to for such a time as this. This is your time. This is your season. I want you to know from the very bottom of my heart, you were made for this. You were made to be that mother to your children, to the children that God ordained to be here in the earth for this time, for this season. You were made for that position that you now possess. There is something in you that is going to bring greatness, not only to the benefits of the company, but most importantly, to the benefits of the people. And it's through people God blesses. It's through people God moves. Now, he's God. We know he can do anything he wants to do, however he wants to do it. But God has chosen you for such a time as this. And if you're not excited about it, I'm excited about it for you. I know it hasn't always been easy. I know sometimes it's been difficult. I know sometimes, you know, things that you prayed about, things that you thought were going to change or turn around, it hasn't happened for you yet. But I want you to know on today that God is working all things out for the good. Why? Because you are the called and you are called according to to his purpose. It's all about our purpose. And on this morning, it's Word Wednesday. I didn't know what I was going to talk about this morning because I just try to give you kind of that middle of the week word before the the Friday kind of discussion of the scripture. But I want you to know that you were made for a purpose. There is a purpose for your life in each and every one of our lives, of all of the people connected to you, there is a purpose. How do I know? Well, on yesterday we prayed about Jesus Christ being the example. He said, you know, in the scripture that we read on yesterday, he said that there is an example before you as he washed the feet of the disciples. We are in Holy Week. And he said these same things that I do, You know, there is an expectation, right, for the Christian. There is an expectation for the one who says, I love you, God, for the one who says that you are king of kings and lord of lords, for the one who says, Lord, make me over again, for the one who says, Lord, fill me up until I overflow. There is an expectation that we follow the leader. There is an expectation that any time we hit bumps on the road, that any time we sit in the back seat and we buckle up, there is an expectation that eventually we will move from the back seat to the front seat. Just like there's an age requirement, right, when you have a toddler or an infant, who, you know, who you raise, there is an age requirement to how long they have to sit in the back. You can't put your toddler, you can't put your 
baby in the front seat. People do, but we know it's illegal, right? Because safety is in the back, right? Safety is in the back seat. But eventually, as we mature, hallelujah, eventually, as we as as we mature in age, but now notice age does not always have to do with spiritual maturity. But as we mature in the things of God, we then move from the back seat to the front seat. We still have to buckle up because we're not driving. I'm going to say that again. We still have to buckle up because we're not driving. And many of us for too long have tried to be in the driver's seat of our lives. Many of us for too long have basically decided to take things into our own hands. And when I say us, I am including me, y'all. I have a, a friend of mine that I talk to often, and I see a mirror of myself in her. And it's almost kind of eerie, but it makes helps me to understand the purpose of why I went through what I went through. It helps me to understand just a little bit better. I'm not going to say I understand it fully, right? I'm not going to say I understand it fully because I don't want to I don't want to lie to you. But I'm beginning to understand just a little bit, just a little bit by and by why I went through what I went through because it wasn't just for me, but it was for it to help now this sister who is a mirror of some of the same things that I went through. Not everything. Not everything, because we are individuals, and the purpose that God has for our lives, because he's God, right, and we are unique, he made us all unique, that's why there's no fingerprints the same anywhere, all the millions and millions of people who have been birthed, all of the millions and millions of people who have lived in the earth. B.C., before Christ, right, the millions of people, no one will ever have the same fingerprint. Isn't that amazing that you and I are that uniquely made? That's how, that's how we have to know. When people say, you know, they don't believe in God or they're they're not sure that there's a God, how do you make sense of all of that? He's a wonder. He is a wonder. When we think about God and think about how he made us and how he crafted us and how he has designated a purpose for each and every one of our lives, truly we should sit back and say, my God, he is a wonder in my soul. I don't know how he did it. I don't know how he does it. You know, I don't know how he's going to do it, but my, oh, my, he is a wonder in my soul. And I get excited when I truly think about, when I truly marinate, meditate, discuss God, because I know all that he's done for me. See, I used to, I used to listen to other people's stories about grace. I used to listen to other people's story about mercy. I used to listen to other people's 
about the love of God. I get so full when I talk about, you know, the people who are close to my heart and and praying for them and believing God to do miracles in their lives and trusting in his word. Because at the end of the day, all we have, all we have in this world really is God. That there's a scripture, and I, and I might slightly jack it up a little bit, so look it up. But it talks about how the, the flowers wither and, and, and the earth fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever, forever. Before I was here, long before I was here, the word of God will remain. And long after I leave here, the word of God will remain. But while we're here, while we're here, while we still have the time, while we still have the time, let God's purpose in our lives be revealed so that we are living for God. See, Jesus Christ was not the first Adam. In fact, he was the second Adam. Adam, Adam and Eve, right? That was that was the man. Adam was supposed to be the man. But when Adam decided, and you, if you're a man and you're listening, you might say, Danita, why are you saying when Adam decided? Actually, it was Eve. I'm aware that it was Eve. You know, we know that it was all Eve who ate of the fruit. We can't really say the apple, even though we've been taught to say the apple. We've learned over time that we don't really know what type of fruit it it was, or it it yeah, it was that Adam and Eve took part of. But it wasn't until Adam ate the fruit, because Adam was supposed to be the man. <laughs> you know how some people, you know, we, we used to go around and say he's the man, or he thinks he's the man. You know, you know those men sometimes that you know I'm not I'm not I'm not dogging our our men. I I, I love our our men. We need our men. Oh, we need our men. But what I'm talking about is that Adam was supposed to be the man, not Eve. God didn't God didn't say anything until Adam ate the fruit. Adam tried to blame Eve. Of course, he said, "God, it was it was the woman that you gave me." But in so many words, God said in layman's terms, "But you." were supposed to be the man. You were supposed to be the man. Like, you had it all together, Adam. Everything was in your favor. Everything. Why? Because God had ordained it to be so when he made Adam. Everything was going to work in God's favor until Adam fell in to sin. Why? Because Adam was supposed to be the man. But when Adam fell short, praise be to God, Jesus was on assignment. The Old Testament was all about prophecy of the coming Messiah, prophecy of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. The Old Testament is very prophetic, very prophetic.
And when Jesus came, as we know and understand on this week, as we go through our Holy Week, there was a purpose on his life before he was even born. When Mary was carrying him in the womb, the angel already let her know who he was going to be. (laughs) When she got with Elizabeth, both of their wombs leaked. Elizabeth was carrying John. Mary was carrying Jesus. He was supposed to be here because he had a purpose after the first Adam couldn't do what he was supposed to do because he was supposed to be the man. So so why are you saying all this? Because there is a purpose for each and every one of our lives. We know that. The Bible tells us that. But herein lies the peace that we need to be very mindful of. God always has a ram in the bush. Here's the thing. When Adam could no longer fulfill his purpose, right, God sent Jesus. When Moses couldn't do what he was supposed to do, right? God sent, uh, and I I don't want to mess up the name, it's on the tip of my tongue, but we know who God sent. I want to say it was, uh, help me, Holy Spirit. Anyway, well, you, you know, God sent someone else to finish what Moses couldn't do because we know Moses hit the rock. We know that Moses hit the rock out of anger, right? So every time, you know, when when uh, Paul, not when Paul, when uh, Jesus, trying to think when um, that Saul couldn't complete his assignment, right? Then God had David. God always has a ram in the bush. And what we have to know is that we have a Joshua, thank you, Joshua, Joshua. When Moses hit the rock, right, Moses in this case was the one who was supposed to to take the Israelites into the promised land. When he hit the rock, God raised up Joshua. When Saul was supposed to be king, And Saul disobeyed God. God raised up David. God always has a ram in the bush. When Adam couldn't complete it, it took some time. But God sent his son Jesus, his only begotten son. God always has a ram in the bush. I want to share something with you all. You have a purpose for your life. Believe it, receive it, take hold of it, walk in it. Danita, I don't know my purpose. I'm this age, I still don't know my purpose. Look for those times and those situations where you know in your spirit you're making a difference. You feel in your spirit you're making a difference. It might be hard work. It might be tiring work, but deep on the inside, you know, because it allows you to to minister to people. It allows you to encourage people. It allows you to.
places where people don't believe in God. Maybe you don't you don't have the position, but God puts you in a place where people don't believe in God. You better believe that has something to do with your purpose. When God calls you to to birth new organizations and to birth new companies that are God centered, you better believe that somehow. God is bringing forth his purpose in your life. But take hold of this people of God. When God has a purpose for something, when there is something that has to be done in the earth, God will either remove people, places, and things out of your life for you to fulfill his purpose, or he'll send another item to get it done. He will either remove people, places, or things from your life so that you can get focused on the purpose of God. And sometimes that comes through tears. Sometimes that comes through hurt and pain and redirection because we get distracted by people. We get distracted by places. We get distracted by things. But when God says, i got a purpose for you, and I'm going to complete that purpose, that thing that I put in you before you leave here, I'm going to have to remove some things so that you can get back centered, so that you can get back focused on what I told you to do. Then you know it's God, and we praise God, and we thank God, and we say hallelujah, God, because he didn't give up on us. Instead, he redirected us. And then there are other instances where the Bible says that God will turn us over to a reprobate mind. Well, God sends the step back and says, that's what you want to do. Have at it. Have at it. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more. Um, I'm just running out of time. But know this. I know, I know, and I ain't going to say I know, but I'm going to speak for me. Well, I was about to say we, but I'm going to speak for me. I don't want to leave here without the purpose that God has for my life being fulfilled. I don't want to leave here with work undone. I don't want to leave here with somebody else having to go through some of what I went through to get the purpose for my life that God had ordained for me to do. Some of which this purpose I know has to be prayers for your day. And I'll do it until either God calls me home or until God redirects me and has me to do something else. But I want to encourage you on this word Wednesday that God has a purpose for your life, just how he had a purpose for Jesus' life. There's a purpose for your life. Don't keep living life like tomorrow is promised. Don't keep living life like you have time to figure it out. When Jesus was a young boy, he said, don't you know that I have to be about my father's business when his parents were looking for him? He had to let them know, I'm I got to be about my father's business. Like, I'm just not here to be your son. I am your son. But I have a heavenly father. I have a heavenly home that I've got to get to. 
I love you all. It's Word Wednesday. Y'all, y'all know when I get to talking about God, I get excited. I get excited because he's been good. And I thank you all so much for um, praying for my father. We believe God for full recovery. Um, yeah, for full recovery. And uh, God bless you all. I love you all. Know that I am praying for you and with you. Have an awesome day. Bye-bye.